Hey guys, it's Cam with Freebird and I am truly honored and humbled as this is one of my all-time favorite mentors who helped me in the industry and is an industry genius. Please welcome David Abrams, a 31-year hair veteran down in Santa Monica. How are you, sweet friend? Oh, I'm doing really well. It's so nice to see you. So good to see you. I would imagine uh, it's a bit different down there right now uh, with all the quarantine and COVID going on. How are you hanging in there? <laughs> I mean, we're doing our best. I think, you know, the, the scary part is you don't know, there's no manual for this and you don't know how it's going to wind up and you don't know how you claw your way back out of, of a hole. But at the same time, I, I feel like the thing that we, we and, and other people who are likely to be um, detail oriented are going to fare is probably similar to the way that people who are detail oriented are going to fare in a regular environment. In other words, We've got as good a shot as anybody and we're willing to work harder and we're willing to work stronger and you know i that gives us at least a, a shot yeah for sure and one thing that is really interesting is part of the nation is coming back slowly but surely but you're certainly in an area that is heavily heavily impacted in restrictions because of the size and just the density of people yeah. what's been the pulse down there for you as like obviously no one has a you know no one can know but for you personally as a professional who's in a buzzing salon all the time and now you're like okay I'm coming back a little different I'm how are you doing as a person well I mean I I'm not very good on at sitting on my hands so you know I've been working extremely hard um I'm shocked at how hard I've been working to try and not have a business, but, um, but you know, it's been a lot and, and it's a lot to try and keep all of the, you know, all of the staff members feeling connected and continuing to, to, to grow. So we're doing, you know, a lot of education classes um, via Zoom and, you know, just really trying to um, help them navigate their own personal financial situation, help the salon navigate its personal financial situation my own. Um, and so it's been, it's been a great deal of work, but, um, you know, I still remain cautiously optimistic that when we come out, we'll, we'll all be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, it does require a massive relook at the way that business has been and is going to be done for the immediate future. Yes. And I, I'm okay, sorry. I was just going to say, I think the, the thing about things like this, things that, um, we wish weren't happening, um, that we may not have chosen to have happen. Um, there are also opportunities for us to take, take a second and to say, okay, I, maybe I wouldn't choose this, but it is happening. And so I have no, no way to avoid it. Therefore, how can I then use this to maybe even improve uh, my personal situation or my business or whatever, and try to use the, the idea that, you know, no, I don't want this to be happening, understanding that that is actually probably going to make you make poor decisions from a position of, of fear, rather than saying, okay, I, it's not what I would have chosen, but let's find a way to make this actually beneficial and maybe even make some permanently uh, viable changes in our business model. I think that's an incredible approach and way to be <clears throat> because you're so right. There is a lot of room for growth where we are today as professionals, because all of us in the world have been brought to this screeching halt of something we never could have imagined. And we have one of two ways to approach it. And looking at it like that is truly amazing. And then in the industry, though, to paint you a picture of not knowing how amazing this salon is, where I had the privilege of working, was you guys are pretty close, David. So I'm very curious in your spacing and things like that with 
just coming back and re-envisioning what can be with the new norms and things like that. Where have you, where are you finding inspiration to even start? Like, where do you find yourself being like, I'm going to, I'm going to approach it with this fresh perspective this way when I come back. Well, you know, I think, <clears throat> I think you can look in, in, in my case, I looked at the business and I feel as though, you know, we've done well and we're, we're happy about that. But we, we kind of hit a little bit of a brick wall, meaning that there's only so much capacity that a space has because before it becomes, you know, not fun anymore. And nobody wants to come because it's just bedlam, you know. And so we, we hit this sort of maximum capacity space and then we stay there for long periods of time. And, and there's no like sadness in that. That's wonderful. Right. But um, but how do you continue to grow? And so then they're, they're, the next obvious step is to open more salons. But I don't really feel like that's where our industry is going right now. I think you have to be hyper-specialized. Um, it's to me, it's either, you know, you know, Amazon or some super cool store that only does one thing. And, and so you have to choose a side. Are you crazy generalized, inexpensive, fast, easy, cheap kind of thing? Or are you something that is, uh, puts the touch back that everybody has had kind of wrestled away from them over the course of the last three, three or four decades? And that really, you know, this um, this pandemic has kind of put a bullet in the head of touching, you know, and we are pack animals. Ultimately, we're our DNA is such that we must connect. We must physically touch each other. It's there are studies of those babies who, you know, nobody touches and they die. You know, this is uh, this is not my opinion. This is a scientific reality. And so over the course of the last 30 or 40 years, you've had. Um, a slow march away from people being able to, to be in each other's physical presence without danger. In other words, go, go to any job at corporate America and hug somebody, watch what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going to have HR talk to you, you know? And so with the me too movement and, and these are all important things we need to protect people, but there is a, a, an unfortunate consequence to it, which is that the people who are not predators are then pulled away from from each other. And so you go to the bank and nobody knows your name and you go to the grocery store and nobody knows your name. And, and there's, there's no real human connection the way that there used to be before the pandemic. And now you're essentially saying that, you know, hugging grandma is like putting a gun to her head. And this is so antithetical to what makes human beings human. You know, you're now just a being, there's no human in there. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we have chosen the side of, of touch, of, of high touch. And that's one of the really magical things about our industry. Well, now we're facing a situation where high touch equals high danger for a lot of people, especially, you know, those with immunocompromised situations. But I think the, the opportunity, I guess, to kind of all bring it all back, the opportunity is to look at the business model and to say, okay, we've hit this kind of brick wall. Um, how do you continue to grow? You grow into another space or you grow into uh, maximizing that space in a new way. And so if we're going to have to run at 50% capacity on a moment to moment basis, then maybe what we could do would be to, you know, expand hours, then take our staff and instead of having them work five days a week, have them work four days a week, but for longer days that then opens up the other three days for us to put other staff on. And so we're able to really kind of re relook at the scheduling and, be really creative about it and find a way where people can still with half of the stations full um, process as many clients as they would have processed before, assuming they all come back. Now, what that means is when this is over, if it ever ends, 
we then have a salon that has the ability to grow beyond where it is. Plus, in the meantime, because we'll be spacing out the experience, because that gives us the ability to have a more personalized uh, experience with the client, it also then creates an environment where it's possible for us to even demand a higher price because there comes a certain point in the craziness of Lux Lab that you can only charge so much before it's like, wow, this place is too crazy for me. So, um, so it's like, it, I can look at it and say, let's find a way to make it better. And this may make it better. Um, it's inspiring us to relook at our education because education is uh, a big part of who we are. And, uh, you know, we always, every year we relook at education anyway, but, um, but this is causing us to really like, can, how much can we accomplish with video now versus what could have been done before? And, and how do you really utilize the, the just gigantic amount of online information that's there for everybody, totally. uh, much less our own personal education. So it's, it's been, it's been difficult and I would not have chosen it probably, but I'm hoping I'm, uh, as I said, cautiously optimistic that there's a chance that it may actually improve things for us. Yeah. Well, and you know, I have to say in the industry as a whole, one thing that I think is beautiful is we're very fast paced artists anyways, creatives love to just kind of live on that chaos and, you know, intrigue at the same time as they're creating art. But this has all made us really take a moment and be like, whoa, I'm not in my space of that I identify with. I'm not with people who feed me this way and it's making us pull back and connect. And that's one thing that, because we have to look at the, for me, I always have to find you know, the optimism in this, and that is we all slowed down enough to connect with one another to in a different way and stop competing for a second to come together and have a re-inspired way of how we can approach the industry, how we can collaborate, how we can share knowledge and how we should be valued. Because how, what you just said there about slowing down, how beautiful, because too much in the industry, at least perception-wise watching, people are pumping stuff out left and right because they think they have to, but this is making people pull back focus on quality, value, and time because we're restricted in it. There's not these eight to 10 hour days of these color transformations anymore. Like that, you're not gonna take up an eight hour day unless you're paying, you know, for those eight hours. There's no way that's gonna happen. But it's really, in my opinion, beautiful to watch as owners like yourself who've always come in with such an open mind, kind, thinking of everyone involved, hearing your very inspiring way of coming at this is so neat because I think giving people ideas of ways they can approach it. I spoke with Lupe Voss not that long ago and she shared with me she decided to close shop herself. She wasn't going to go back because the demands for her, she couldn't share that um, her interests were going to be pulled, right? And then she was able to pass it off to someone who'd been a wonderful right hand. It, it was a beautiful situation, truly amazing. And then hearing yourself and Jason Lara, who that's his right hand inside, love, 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 Lux Lab owners right here. But you two, I can only know and feel how you've been trying to love on your salon. And hearing these ideas of splitting days, coming back at 50% capacity. There's so many people out there, David, who maybe they didn't even think of that. Or, you know, they don't know how to even approach it. This is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think, thank you. But I, I think, you know, it's important to, to note that even though you know, we're, if you were to go on to luxlab.com, um, there's a tab that says COVID safety. And under that tab, um, I've listed just all the things that we plan on doing to make sure that we keep our staff and our clients and our community as safe as we can. Um, because needless to say, you can't do hair from six feet away. So we're really committed to keeping everybody safe. But the point that I'm trying to get to is that like, you know, 
the the knee jerk reaction is to try to find a way to make this the safest possible uh, experience, and that's good. But we can't lose sight of what we actually are trying to do as a as an industry, which is to connect to people, give them that place where they can be. Like we've always said, you know, we we want our our clients to feel like they're like this is the coolest party in town and they're invited you know like it should be fashion it should be fun it should be exciting it should feel you know aspirational if it turns into a doctor's visit which is what a lot of people are tending to sort of uh turn it into well i'm you know what i'm going to do is i'm going to get a hazmat suit and i'm going to put a mask on and i'm going to put a shield on i'm going to not blow dry anybody's hair and i'm going to do video consults from a distance and i'm going to make them wait outside and and then when they come in i'm just going to you know like there may be a client for that, but I don't think that that is what people get their hair done for. People get their hair done because they want to feel beautiful and they want to feel renewed and they want to feel special and they want to feel taken care of. And none of that is in this idea of just completely stripping away all that makes this industry beautiful. So I just, I think that if, if you were going to be advising anybody um, on what they should be doing with their business think obviously creatively and you know rescheduling hours isn't that creative but what I think can be creative is looking at your business model and saying how can I use this new new normal or whatever that's going to be to make my business model better but still make it about what it's supposed to be about what made me love doing hair in the first place and what makes my clients happy and don't don't take that part away so for example with our doing at half capacity we're, we're going to turn the mirrors into something that's a little bit more fun you know rather than just like let's put caution tape all over everything you know and it just feels so scary yeah. let's make it fun let's make it fashionable let's have a tongue-in-cheek uh, experience let's you know uh we're doing branded masks so that everybody looks cool and everybody looks the same and i don't know just to have some have some fun in there otherwise we're going to lose the magic well and you know what it's so true and that's simple just thinking about it the art and the magic of the industry when you walk into a hair show and you feel the electricity or you walk into a salon on pre-covid <laughs> and the energy is just buzzing you guys that is what we do as professionals is we are there to help create this magical experience don't lose it because of something that was robbed from us because we can create it in different ways that is one of the most intriguing things about our industry is we can always take something and bedazzle it and just make it our own and make it perfect i mean it's true but this has been so interesting for me to watch in the industry because um i've seen really great things come out of it you know i've seen a lot of people rise to the occasion and be like this isn't gonna stop us and of course i've seen others take it on the other side but for you as a individual a professional an owner and just incredible global artist and educator you've been kind of slowed down to a speed you've never i've never known in ever and for you personally you are such a holistic kind gentle and you have two precious babes your wonderful wife for you what has been kind of this like filling your cup of just joy that you had time that wouldn't have been because you just went through the fires too last when was this last year right the malibu yeah, fire actually, yeah. <laughs> david we got hit back to back like this one at least you're home together there's not a fire outside and you have time together how's it been in that sense well i mean we're so very lucky that you know if, if you're gonna be quarantined um, we're in a good quarantine situation. Um, in other words, um, you remember Cheryl? Yeah. 
the oh, apartment. Gosh. Unfortunately, she lost her house um, earlier in this year, like in January. And, uh, and because of that, you know, it was, uh, it caught fire and, you know, unfortunately she lost one of her dogs. It was terrible. Yeah. Anyway, we invited her to come stay with us while they kind of got back on their feet. Well, then they got quarantined with us. And so we have my family, which are my two kids, my wife, myself, but we have uh, the two of them. We have Cheryl and Joey, her husband. Oh my gosh. Joey is a chef at a, at a Michelin star restaurant. And so we, you know, we have these wonderful home cooked meals pretty much every night. And, you know, we've, I've just bought this new house a little over a year and a half, well, about a year and a half ago, not quite a year and a half ago with like lots of land and like a beautiful outdoor area and basketball courts. And, you know, and we have a, a hiking trail right off the back of our, um, like right outside the back gate. And so if you're going to be quarantined, it's a pretty good situation. Um, so we've taken this time to, plant a farm so to speak yeah. like tomatoes and all kinds of stuff just for to see how that goes and um my kid's best friend my son's best friend and my daughter is also very close to this person too lives right next door and so that family has become part of our part of our quarantine group because of the place so <laughs> like <close>. we're yeah <laughs> we have like, and then we have you know it's, it's just we're we're as about as lucky as you could be in a situation like this I will say, as much as I as I do appreciate it, um, I really there's a um, I don't like that I have to, and so that that takes some of the fun away from me, um, because there's this constant sense of stress of not knowing you know where we're going to go and how we're going to survive, um, and that this great house that we're talking about has to get paid for, uh, and I don't have really very good ways of doing that at the moment. So, you know, it's, it's all tempered a little bit. And, and like I said, I'm working so terribly hard, but, um, but at the same time, I have to feel really, really lucky that we have what we have and that we're in the, in the community that we're in and that um, everybody's healthy and nobody's gotten sick. And those are always the most important things. And that, uh, I don't know, that we're pretty, even in the worst case scenario, we're, we're, we're pretty, pretty blessed and that there's going to be a huge uptick in divorces and um, <laughs> yeah, there's, so there's, I mean, there's already an uptick in, in, in everything and alcohol oh. and, and, you know, and, and honestly, suicide rates have gone up, you know? And so these are unfortunate realities that some people are facing in their quarantine situations where, you know, I have about the opposite of that, that you could imagine. And that's, very lucky like I have a, a you're grateful of, for it though that's something that is so yeah. beautiful to share because the thing is there's so many people who want to get back to normal to work towards that if that's not where they are you know like they want that and also make sure you give Cheryl loves for me I, I saw that she lost her house I had no idea it was right before quarantine but oh my gosh poor thing but Joey and Cheryl in your house that's kind of like an ultimate party like she's one of the kindest people ever and her husband makes dope food <laughs> I mean we have a good time, so it's, it's yeah, nice. yeah for sure oh my gosh well I don't want to keep you much longer but I do have to just know like I know that the salon is not what it you know you guys are not able to be what you have been but one thing with Lux Lab that those of you who have not ever gone to Montana Avenue in Santa Monica it's my favorite place I love it so much I miss it every day but if you have not, what these owners have done is they've cared for their people first. They've invested in their company and they help educate their artists, not just as artists, but as humans overall. It's one of the most 
amazing partnerships as owners I've ever had the privilege of working with. So I want to make sure that you guys truly understand how brilliant this man is and his incredible partner, Jason Lara. He is equally as brilliant. But that's something, though, with all of your artists and all everything going on, I mean, um, I, I, it's not about number because there's just quite a few, but the fact of you guys staying connected right now, how have you guys been able to do that? Has that been like you're doing weekly stuff with them? What have you been doing? Well, so it's, it's, a, it's a wide range. We're, mm -hmm. we're doing weekly meetings with them. Um, they're usually education-based, and then we do little check-ins. Um, but then my management team connects with each of their team members every couple of days. I reach out to team members on a fairly regular basis, and so does Jason. And so we have personal phone calls. We have group phone calls. We have Zoom meetings. Um, so, you know, we're doing our best to keep that, that connection um, because the hairdressers are very connection oriented humans and so we we need to cultivate that and and let them know that we we care for them i do know that this that there's going to be a difficulty in getting back to work after such a long break that people are going to be like used to sitting around and not having to do anything and taking life at such a much like such a slower pace than than a salon really operates at and so there's probably going to be some moments where people are like oh my god this is so much harder than i remember um, so you know we're trying to keep that that momentum to some degree but i think it makes people question you know do i want to live in la anymore do i do i like this pace of life maybe i should move to wherever it is that the pace of life is slower i don't you know nebraska or wherever it is that people go um, nothing wrong i'm not picking on nebraska it's no it's just it's the pace. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's what people are going to want. And, and there, you know, there's, there are studies that are uh, making assumptions that about 27% of salons will either not reopen or reopen and fail quite quickly. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at a, a crazy time. And so if you, you know, if you're a salon, you, you can also be thinking, well, you know, there may be 27% of your local business that will be up for grabs as well. So it's all kind of like this big mash of not knowing, but still trying to think creatively and put out like people always say, Oh, you're, you're, you're so lucky, for example. And yeah, I am lucky, but I think everybody is hard, David. No, like that's the thing is like, I have to put this out there because you have worked so hard, tirelessly kind, giving all of those things that when you were saying that about your house, it made my heart so happy because if anyone deserves it, it's you. If anyone has worked that hard, it's you. And it gives people hope to know that if you do work hard where you are, consistent 31 years of committing to this industry, 31 years of showing up with your heart, you deserve every single part of your farm. You know, that's why I'm like, I want to make sure we do brag on that because it is hard to you know, like I'm very fortunate at running a tech company that for me, my day to day did not drastically change. I feel guilty about that all the time because my artists are struggling, but I can only do what I can do. Right. Like that's, but you have, we have to, we have to share it because it is so dark. <laughs> you know, it is so dark for some people that they're like, how do we get out of this? What is good? What can be good? Or what's something to maybe think about? You know what I mean? So yeah. you and your farm is beautiful. <laughs> I love your farm. <laughs> <laughs> I think the word luck is important. And it is. I don't mean to make it sound like my career is luck necessarily, but um, but there is luck. I mean, I think if we can't acknowledge the luck, if we can't acknowledge the fortunate situations that we've been 
allowed to be in. And maybe we're a little too into our own value. But, um, but no, I was going to say, Mr. Like, you just make sure you know you've got the biggest fan right here. So I have to, I'm going to brag hard always. <laughs> Thank you. But I will, also, I will also say that luck, you know, I think the, the saying is, you know, luck is where opportunity meets preparation or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, when people say you make your own luck, well, I don't know if you make your own luck. I think you put yourself in a position to be able to take advantage of lucky situations when they come up. And so opportunity presents itself to everyone, just not everybody is able to recognize it and not everybody is able to take advantage of it even if they did recognize it. And so being prepared is sort of my point. So if you know that the industry is gonna change, change ahead of it, change uh, proactively, not be, you know, I can't tell you how many people along the last few years were like, these millennials, and you know, there, there may be some, some qualities that millennials have as a group that may not be as uh, what usable as other qualities that other generations have had, maybe, but there are qualities that they have that are even better. And so to cultivate, like, how do I utilize what is the reality that I'm facing? And so, you know, that's the idea, like take, take positivity, proactive approach. And if you do that, then when the opportunity shows itself and when the the luck shows up, so to speak, then you can actually do something with it. Um, and I think that not acting out of fear portion that I was talking about is super, super hard, but super important. Fear-based decisions are almost never good. Right, 100%. Oh my gosh, David, this has been so amazing. Is there anything that you would like to add before we wrap this up from your beautiful, beautiful self? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I miss you. So I, guys, I was supposed to see this man and then quarantine happened. Like I had a planned trip to go hug the Lux Lab team in person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm coming, still coming back. I'm still, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I would say to, to wrap things up for myself is, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we need to take care of each other and that what's good for me is good for everyone. And, that wants it and what's good for everybody I want to learn from. And I don't see, I've never understood the idea of having competitors. I much prefer having, you know, compatriots. Um, what makes me special is not what makes someone else special and what makes them special. I don't have to be in order to feel special, but it's, as you said, in the beginning of this whole conversation, that there are so many different ways to come at things that um that i think you know the idea that we could pull together as an industry and do things like what you're talking what you're doing now which is to offer information that may be useful to somebody along the way if it isn't fine but if it is awesome and that we need to look at helping each other and that that this idea of competition you know it's in, unnecessary. In my yeah, unnecessary it's unnecessary what, 11 million people in the Los Angeles area? I couldn't do them all if I wanted to. No. So we need to, to have other people who can be excited for. So, so let's not hoard, let's not be afraid to share like the things that we think make us unique and, and interesting. And uh, I think in sharing them, not only do you help someone else, but you actually, you benefit. And it doesn't exactly seem clear in the beginning how that's gonna work, but it always does benefit that, you know, if you're just open-minded and decent and take good care of people, it always finds its way back to you. Even if it just means that you're a happy, centered, you know, person, even yeah. if it doesn't turn directly into, into economic success, which it would anyway, but assuming it didn't, you're still just like a better person. So and that's all I'll say. Let's share with each other. Let's be good to each other. 
Collaboration, not competition. I absolutely love it. This has been such a joy. I wish I was there to see you two months ago in person to give you a real hug, but I will look forward to the day that I get to and see what your brilliant minds helped your team through to find a new norm because there is no right or wrong way. And it's going to be very, very beautiful to just watch the world come back to life. However, that has to happen for now. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. It is. Hang on with me. I'm going to wrap this up. But you guys, if you do not know David Abrams, Jason Lara, the incredible team at Lux Lab in Santa Monica, California, go check them out. They have Lux Lab, Lux Lab Academy. They have some of the most incredible editorial work as well as fashion all over the world that they are a part of. Make sure you check them out. David, it has been a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. And feel free to check me out at, at David Abrams Hair if you like. On Instagram. Yes, yes. And Lux Lab, check out the salon. They're all amazing artists. <laughs> all right, bye guys.